creating that in love feeling. Hi, my name is Trina Glines, and this is Elevate Your Marriage and Life podcast. This podcast is for those who want to create happiness daily, even among the chaos marriage and family life will bring. Get ready to elevate your marriage and life today. Thank you for joining me today. I'm thrilled to have you. If you're a returned listener, welcome back. And if you are a new listener, welcome. So I want to talk to you today about that in love feeling, that feeling we all love to have. And we, it's, it's really part of that human nature in us to love another, right? Well, first I want to ask you some questions and I want you to just to be thinking about, have you ever felt this way personally? Or have you ever known someone who has felt this way? I love my spouse, but I'm not in love with them. We've just grown apart. It's just not there anymore. I just don't love my spouse like I used to. We have fallen out of love. If it was meant to be, it wouldn't be this hard. I struggle to have deep feelings for my spouse. They just don't happen anymore and I can't force them. I watch couples around me and I see them feeling and looking so happy. We just don't have that. These statements are real and many individuals will fill them and one similar to them. And if you are one that has experienced these feelings, first, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry at the pain. It's real and I feel for you. There's been times in my marriage where I loved my man, but I wasn't necessarily in love with my man. And it it's a painful place and it's also a very lonely place to be. You kind of tend to feel like you're the only one that feels this way. Well, would you consider the possibility that maybe the majority of us have this love idea wrong. I have a question for you, another question. Did anyone teach you before marriage how marriage even works? Did anybody set you up for success? Did you have a class 101 on how men or how women work? Um, I'm guessing you probably answered no to most of those cla- most most of those questions because I ask that question all the time when I'm teaching and usually I get um, laughter like huh, yeah right and I just look at it now and go what are we doing what are we doing marriage is the greatest union you will ever have the biggest decision you will ever make in your life. It will influence every part of your life. Why aren't we setting ourselves up for success beforehand or at least early on in those early years? But for some reason we're not. And I hope to get my message out there and change it just a little bit, just even on the little small sphere of influence that I might have to get people to realize that there's actually a better way. 
and hopefully it will catch on and become contagious and more will desire this as well. So, love is a verb. Love is an action. Love is created. Love doesn't just stick around after the first time it's felt. When you fell in love with your man or your woman, those feelings were so strong and so intense that as you know, if you've been married for any amount of time, those feelings kind of move. Sometimes they grow stronger. Sometimes, depending on where you're at, they, they lessen. And that is why the divorce rate is at 50%. Because people assume when those feelings lessen, oh, this must not be meant to be. Oh, I think I must have married the wrong person. Oh, I'm not happy. I have to, I have to get out of this. That's not true. Those, those are lies. Those are actually lies. Love is created through daily choices. So many of us think that love should be a natural feeling, right? Because that's how it started. It was a natural feeling that arose in you when you met your man or you met your woman. And, and then as time went on, also that natural feeling isn't staying as strong and it's not as natural. Well, I'm sorry, natural, the, the feeling of love in its natural state often is infatuation. Um, and then after that, then it's real love. And real love is actually created by us choosing to be intentional. Being intentional, how, how can we do that? What does that look like? That looks like you being conscious in choosing to learn how your man or woman works and thinks. What are their needs? How do they feel loved? Do you know that? Have you sat down and read, say, the five love languages together to understand your spouse's love language? By the way, your spouse's love language is actually different than just their language. The language of men, the language of women. We speak two different languages. Your love language is how you feel loved. Okay? So it's so important that you understand that, though. So your spouse feels love from you. But so often we give love in the form that we feel love. So if your love is quality time, you're going to seek to spend quality time with your spouse. But what if your spouse's love language is words of affirmation? Right? And yours is like, like words of affirmation at the bottom of your list. And you never use them. Well, the way you're trying to love your spouse is not resonating with them. So to choose to be intentional in creating our love daily, you need to understand these things. You need to understand your spouse's needs. What are their needs? I love the book, and I'm not going to remember who the author was, but it's His Needs and Her Needs, Building an Affair-Proof Marriage. Um, in that book, those needs, and just the way he described it and how important it is, just resonated with me so much that we really do need to know what our spouse's individual needs are and learn to provide that need for them. 
And is it going to be uncomfortable in the beginning? Yeah, it is. Note to self, creating love can be difficult. <laughs> um, you, it is going to be a little bit of a challenge if that's not something you need, right? Like if, if you need time once a day in the evening to talk, but your spouse doesn't, it's going to take your spouse choosing to provide that for you because they love you, right? That's how we create love. We will be willing to push ourselves to provide those needs for them. We will be choosing. You're going to hear me say that a lot. You're probably going to get sick of it. Choosing because you do have a choice, right? You will be choosing to love this person that you have dedicated your life to. That is a beautiful thing. Such a beautiful thing. Let me share an example with you. And this is such a common example. And it can go either way. Female, male, either way. Okay? So let's say that you and your spouse, you've been married 10 years. And this this couple... um, they, you know, the kids have kept them so busy. They have like three kids and they're just busy all the time and they haven't been nurturing their relationship, but they've just been in robot mode, doing the daily routine, doing the normal stuff, right? And, but those needs aren't being met on either end. And you are frustrated, but you don't know where to turn to, where to go to. And and when you get in disagreements and in arguments with each other, it ends up being about things that it shouldn't even be about because you have so much emotion inside because you feel a lack of connection, right? So there's this lack of connection going on. And then all of a sudden at work, there's a person of the opposite sex that starts to give you some attention and starts to ask you about your life and you start confiding in them. Yeah, you know, my husband or my wife, we're just, we just, don't have it like we used to anymore. I don't know. It's just this life isn't what I, this marriage thing wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And then all of a sudden that person is creating a connection with you. And then in starts to float that initial infatuation feeling that you had with your spouse when you first met them. And in comes that infatuation feeling and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my word, I must. I must love them because this is that feeling I had when I fell in love with my spouse and it's not there anymore. It's not right with, with him or her. I, I miss this feeling. I need it. And then this is the beginning of a disastrous road. Unfortunately, unfortunately, infatuation is a temporary state and it often mimics love. Infatuation is needed in that beginning form of a relationship. It's such an important part. You need to be infatuated with your spouse. That's how the love is going to be created. But unfortunately, after the marriage and infatuation starts to dwindle, the love that you need, the love that you want, the love that you desire and you just want to feel in your heart. It's there. It's just waiting for you to create it. It's a verb. It's an action. 
it won't do it on its own. But obviously the majority of people aren't taught this. And at least 50% who get married don't apply it. It's so important that we get this message out. That being in love is something that's created. And are you going to be in love every single day? No, you're not. Because life is going to happen. You're going to be busy and you have kids. But it is so important to create that in love feeling. We have to consciously, consciously choose to love and fall in love over and over and over again with our spouse. We can do this by being willing to hear them. Give them attention. Read good books together on marriage and be open on learning something new. If you are stubborn and you have been in one of those, if you've been one of those people who have been like, it, it should just be natural. I, it, I shouldn't have to work at this. It should just be natural. Then I'm letting you know right now you are wrong. You are wrong. A marriage relationship, the initial infatuation is natural. Creating love in a marriage is not natural. It is a choice. And we don't know everything. I don't know everything. Therapists don't know everything. John Gottman doesn't know everything. But we can choose to learn from the John Gottmans of the world, from the John Grays of the world, the Gary Chapmans of the world. We can choose to learn from them. I want to include Dr. Sue Johnson. I think she's amazing. We can choose to learn from them and create that love. Why reinvent the wheel? Why try to take this path all on our own? We don't need to. We don't need to. The path has been paved. The science is there. It's our, it's, it's us making the choice to make that a priority. But because we naturally fell in love, we think it should just work itself out. And we will be sorely disappointed. You need to serve your spouse. In those moments when you are most frustrated with your spouse or feeling the biggest disconnection from them, go serve them. Go do something for them. Get yourself out of your head. Get yourself out of your woe me state and go serve them. I promise you there is healing attributes in service. And then often I feel time equals love. We have to give our marriage time. The world keeps us so busy. Society keeps us so busy. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up in my neighbor's trees. I grew up building like tree huts in these trees out of blankets and whatever thing we could make up in our imagination. And we grew up in those trees. I grew up on a bike. I grew up playing in the field behind my house. Um, just, I had so much free time 
and I was in the outdoors. Life isn't like that anymore, right? When I had my five kids young and at home, I kept, they were busy. They had piano, they had soccer, they had uh, football, they had extracurricular activities after school. I mean, we just had something going on all the time. And because of that, it takes away the ability for us as parents to create time with each other. Well, note to self, people, no one will create it for you. You can't remember why you fell in love with the person you share your bed with if you aren't spending time together. Good quality time together. I can't tell you how important that is. Um, the women that I have worked with that have had the greatest struggles in their marriage, I found they all had this in common. They didn't make time for each other. They didn't go on weekly dates. They didn't get weekends away or a vacation once a year or anything like that. That has to be a priority. Now, I agree with John Gottman. He talks about your vacations and those kind of things. That's not where you're going to create love. You're going to create love through giving each other attention. And I do agree with that. But I also believe if you're giving that attention, then you're going to be creating that time together. That kind of goes hand in hand. And those times away, I know for me, for me personally, time away with my man has grounded me, has reconnected me to him. And I don't know about the rest of you busy moms out there, but I find that like, say we have a trip plan. It's like I'm 24, 36 hours into the trip before I notice myself, like my breathing is slowing down. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm kind of relaxing now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I left a family of five kids and major chaos, mayhem going on all the time. And it took me time to really let myself be. And it, then after that, it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you're my husband. Oh yeah, my name's actually Trina. It's not just mom. I'm actually a woman. And oh, I do love you. <laughs> and those are the things that took place for me when we would get time away. I just, I really feel strongly that we have to have time. My love language is quality time. And I find that, you know, that quality time when it's not being fed, really creates a disconnection for me. And I'll actually, in all honesty, I will alter myself to just fit that, right? So I'll still be fine. I'll still be going on. And it will be, you know, maybe weeks later that I'm like, you know what? I have not had quality time with my man. And I am not being the best version of myself. Because I just kind of altered the state and went, okay, well, I don't need that. It is a need of mine. Quality time. So we have to create that. But I really do believe every married couple needs time. Here's another question I have for you. How were you before you got married and you were dating your spouse? You know, I look back, and for me, when I first met Jeff, 
I'm pretty sure we spent every waking hour together after the first day we met in between, you know, working and sleeping. Um, we spent every moment we could together. I would come home from work, leave the dishes in the sink, leave laundry in the washer, and he'd be like, I'll come and get you at 6.30. Okay. And I was just ecstatic, right? My bed wouldn't be made. <laughs> Cleaning day was, was delayed. And it was, I, I didn't think twice about those things. I didn't think twice about them. I was with my man, right? So I made sure to create time for him. I think that infatuation probably helps us achieve that. And then what happens? What happens after we get married and life starts happening? We lose that balance. All of a sudden, the dishes are more important. The laundry is more important. Our to-do list has now grown. And it's not just my to-do list. Now it's my to-do list for five other kids right? Where do I fit him and I in? And now marriage is not what I had signed up for. But I didn't know any other way. It's like, I guess this is as good as it gets, right? When in reality, I have allowed life to suck the life out of my marriage. And I think a lot of us do that. I think it's really important that we reevaluate. We go back to the drawing board and we're like, wait a minute, I want something more. I, I want to be that couple that I see at the restaurant that's looking at each other and talking instead of the couple on the other side of the restaurant that's looking at their cell phones. It was so funny this week, this last weekend, Jeff and I went out and we went to a steakhouse here locally and the waiter was so nice. He was such a kind guy. And... As we got through with dinner, he came up to us and he said, you know, you guys, I just have to tell you something. I just have to compliment you on something. And we're like, okay, what? <laughs> and he said, I'm just really impressed. The whole time you guys were sitting here, I didn't see either of you on your cell phones. And, you know, it was interesting because during that dinner, I was a little bit tired and really, Jeff and I didn't have any huge conversation going on. We were just kind of being with each other. But I appreciated that he, that he um, saw that. And, and he asked, he goes, I, I'm guessing you guys have been married for a while? And we're like, yeah, 27 years. And he's like, that's awesome, you know. And, and love is created. Love is created. We need to find balance in our lives. And I can't tell you how many women ask me, and I'm sure men feel the same way. So guys, I'm not leaving you out, but I usually teach women, and so I get the questions from them. Um, but they ask me, what can I do to get my husband to pay attention to me and to put his phone down? Right? And that's one of those needs that you have. And are we having a conversation about it that's a real genuine conversation that's not a blaming, it's not a criticizing, it's not a pointing finger. It's sharing with him something you need, that you need him. 
that he fills you, right? We need to be able to have these conversations with each other and be humble enough to accept that our spouse feels love differently than we do. And we are willing to provide that love because that's how you're going to create it. That is how you're going to create the marriage that will withstand the chaos of life. Is it going to be perfect? No, it won't be perfect, but it will be fantastic. And your heart will be filled. And you'll have your good days and your bad days for sure. But you will have chosen, consciously chosen, to create the love that you long for. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, anyone can fall in love. Anyone can fall in love. But it takes a person who's willing to be conscious, intentional, to choose to stay in love. That's how we are going to fight for our marriages. That's how we are going to fight for the happiness that we want in our lives. That is how we are going to set an example for our posterity, for our children and our grandchildren. They will watch us as we choose to create it, as we choose to treat love as a verb, an action. So important. I just can't express it enough. It's so important. So, like I said, I've had times in my marriage where I loved my man, but I wasn't in love with my man. And I'm happy to report, because of the journey I've been on the last few years, that I love my man and I'm in love with my man lots. (laughs) And it's fantastic and such a better way of being. As I tell my ladies in Taming Jane Academy, the the verb, or no, it's not a verb, the adjective, the adjective that I use to describe my journey is freeing. I feel so free now knowing how to talk in my man's language and to have it resonate with him and to be able to release assumptions that I had that was wasting my time, such a time sucker to assume things about people and guessing their intentions. I now just find out what they are and it takes a lot less time. It's pretty cool. So I just want to thank you so much for being here today and for listening. And if you want daily reminders of how to, just daily reminders on on marriage and your life and positive things, then feel free to follow me on Instagram at, at Trina Glines. I would love to have you. And, you know, my motto, my motto is love your man, be adored, and create your story. And I believe that's how, that, that is the, the, huh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's how it is created. We have to start first with love your man. Like I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, serve your man. Be intentional with your man or your woman. Love your man, love your woman. That's step one. You have to do that step one. And as you do that and you love them in their love language, if you love them and are providing for their needs, then you will feel adored because they will give back to you. 
because you're fulfilling what they need. It's amazing. And that's how you create your story. So I'm going to end this podcast with, as always, it's all about loving your man, feeling adored, and creating your story. Thank you for joining me.